It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's Locked On Reds is brought to you by Built Bar. Head over to BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code Locked On to get 20% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com and the promo code Locked On. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The 2020 season did not quite go as planned for Reds fans as the playoffs ended abruptly in the wild card round. Now the Reds are left to pick up the pieces during the offseason and fix a lineup that was the worst in Major League Baseball. How are they going to do it? What are they going to do? Rumors, transactions, news, all here on the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Let's go. Alrighty, for today's Locked On Reds, I have back with me, friend of the show, the host of the Reds Alert podcast. He hails from the beautiful island of Hawaii, so whenever we say that it's really warm today and it was 54 and it felt really nice, he laughs because that's winter there. Steve, how you doing, man? Aloha. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I just got back to my recording studio from uh, down by the beach. I had lunch with a friend <laughs> down on the water. It's 75 and sunny with cool trade winds blowing. So stick that in your pipe and smoke it, brother. I was, I was happy because I, I only had to put a windbreaker on today. Like, gosh, oh, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a rough life out here, let me tell you. Well, and on that terrible disappointment, it's time to end. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Steve, uh, <laughs> there's been lots happening, and frankly, none of it good. There, there's lots we have to talk about with our red legs because something that has really frustrated me to no end but it's something you cannot avoid whenever you look at what they've done. Coming into this offseason, the Reds were a couple moves away. I, I I firmly believe that. I firmly believe that a shortstop and maybe a couple of other bullpen arms, maybe a fifth start or something like that, but not guys that you have to break the bank for, but just a few moves to get them to a legitimate playoff contender where you don't have to squint and say, well, you know, if guys play to the back of their baseball cards, they didn't have to do that much work this offseason. And instead, the work that they've done has actually undone some of that stuff. And, and, and instead of being a step away, they took like a couple steps down, a couple steps back. And with these moves, and we we all know by now, we're talking about the non-tenders of Archie Bradley, the trading away of Rysel Iglesias, uh, to some smaller extent, the non-tenders of the other guys like Kirk Casale and Brian Goodwin, but I don't necessarily think of those guys as pivotal parts of the team. But it's all a part of a bigger picture of taking a step back. Steve, pull me back from the ledge, or you know what? Feel free to push me off. I don't know. 
That is so funny that you use that phrasing because if uh, your listeners head over to the Reds Alert podcast right now, the episode that dropped today is myself and Doug Gray, and that's exactly what I said to him. <laughs> I asked Doug to talk me off of the ledge, and he helped push me right over the edge. Yeah. So uh, this is going to be this is going to be one of those conversations, Jeff. the The fact of the matter is there is no explanation for what is going on other than it's a fire sale, and they are not trying to compete in 2021. If you look at the moves that they made you mentioned Archie Bradley and at the time the move didn't make sense to non-tender Archie Bradley considering that they gave up actual real prospects and pieces to bring him in he was not a give me he was not a waiver claim they traded for him so the fact that they let him go was a very head scratcher just in by itself then you come a week later and you you look at this trade for Rysel Iglesias. Now, I have been saying for a year that Mr. Horribly Wrong needed a change of scenery, that we did need to move him, but not give him away in a salary dump. The problem with this trade is not that they traded Rysel Iglesias. The problem in this trade is they didn't get anything back. They got nothing for him. Now, uh, okay, not nothing. Noe Ramirez and... Essentially Nate Jones 2021. Essentially Nate – okay. The only thing that I can find maybe is they're looking at his three pitches. You know, He throws a fastball. He throws a curveball. And he throws a little bit of an off-speed changeup. And if you look – the only thing that can make sense is that somebody – Kyle Bodie looked at film. Derek Johnson looked at film. And they think they can take that curveball that he's throwing roughly a third of the time and get a little bit more revolutions on it, up his spin rate a little bit, and maybe develop him into something that he's not currently. But, you know, our buddy Chad says all the time, hope is not a strategy. And hope is not a damn strategy. So we can't assume that that's what's going to happen. I mean, we have a lot of faith in what Derek Johnson guys do, but this is a salary dump. There's no other way to look at it. And it makes letting Archie Bradley go just all the more perplexing because now you mentioned they were a bullpen or two move away plus a shortstop from really being a serious contender. And at this point, we still need the shortstop. The bullpen has been dismantled. Letting Kurt Casale go has to mean that Tyler Stevenson is making the big the, the big league roster this coming year. And Which if you're nice. going to activate Tyler Stevenson, he needs to play. He can't be sitting behind Tucker Barnhart. So for me, we're heading into a rebuild where nobody has the courage to say the word rebuild. Yeah, and it's it's the... Reds front office version of rebuild. We all know what that means. That means that they're going to hold on to guys that they should trade, trade guys that don't have enough value, all that different stuff. Just I, just call it what it is, Jeff. It means it's a half-assed rebuild. That's yeah, what it means. It means because yeah. they don't know how to do it. I, I don't – I really don't want to go there just yet because my mind still hopes that they're going to turn around – and maybe use this money, maybe bring in Marcus Simeon, maybe bring in Didi Gregorius, somebody like that. And then we can kind of mold our minds around what's going on because the only the only thing that I look at this and I say, okay, you know what, maybe I can bring myself back from the ledge is the key pieces that they've lost are bullpen arms. And relief pitching is one of the most fickle things in baseball. You can have a guy be really good one year and really bad the next and vice versa. So maybe that's the only way that I can – but they got to do something. They can't just take this money that they've now saved and sit on it or say, well, this was to bring us back even with what we did last season. And now 
we can move from here as if we are starting from square one. No, 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 no. You've already started your off-season plan. If your off-season plan was just a break even from last season and then you're not going to do anything after that, you've lost your fan base. And and you really – hadn't gained everybody back you were starting to you were starting to pull them back in but when you make moves like this and cut money and don't do anything after that that's how you lose them and I wonder because a friend of mine brought this up Dave Pemberton he's written for the site a couple of different times he brought this up what if and and this is a what if this is just a scenario but what if Dick Williams saw this what if The reason Dick Williams stepped down is not necessarily because he was tired of baseball, not necessarily because he was just drained from being the social media negativity sham wow for the Reds front office. It's because he knew that the plan was going to be break even, get back to uh, zero, get back to the black, as it were, financially. And he wanted no part of that because he was trying to build something. And now the Castellinis and the ownership groups are telling him, it's time to take a step back. We spent too much money these last couple of years. You, you got to spend less. In fact, you got you to get rid of some of the salary. And that is a sobering question. You know, I'm glad you brought it up because – I've been wondering the same thing myself, and I I don't believe there's any possibility that Castellini and Dick Williams did not have this conversation. They had to have had this conversation, and if it went along those lines, if it was Bob telling Dick Williams, like, listen, great job. We made the playoffs. You did these things. Look at these guys you brought in. Good job. Now I need you to get rid of them. I just I can't imagine that when you've got a guy that spent as much time away from his family as Dick Williams did, as much time working the phones and, and working the process as Dick Williams did, to then be told, well, I need you to undo it all. Of course he wanted to leave. And I think yeah. that uh, I think that probably is what motivated his decision. And, you know, credit to him for not saying so at the time. Uh, when I was talking to Doug earlier, uh, he made a great point, And I didn't realize this. But if you look at the Reds' ownership group, Bob Castellini only owns 10% of the team. Mm -hmm. The fact of the matter is is that the Williams brothers each own 12% of the team. The Williams brothers together actually own about 25% of the Cincinnati Reds. It just so happens that the Castellini family has been tasked with running the organization. So where I was putting a lot of – you know a lot of anger towards Bob Castellini, it's really this this ownership group that – is for the most part very equal say. So this is not just Castellini making these decisions. He can't have done this without checking with the rest of the ownership group. So you also have to look at Dick Williams' decision to leave in that vacuum as well in that he has relatives that are owners of this team that had to have signed off on this strategy to cut, cut, cut. And if if we believe that the ownership angle was Dick Williams in to being able to do some of the things he's done thus far that are outside the normal Cincinnati Reds operation. The fact that he lost that support, I think probably is also the thing that pushed him towards leaving and moving on to other opportunities. 
All right, Steve, we got a couple more things to talk about this offseason. The way that the Reds have moved about, what this season's going to look like now after all of these moves, that's coming up here in just a minute. Well, I tell you what, Steve, real quick, before we jump back into all of that, right now is a great time to crack open a snack. And now some people are thinking maybe some potato chips or maybe some cookies or something like that. When you look at a snack, you're probably thinking, man, it tastes great, but I'm going to pay for this later, right? Oh, absolutely. I'm always looking for the more carbs, the better. Well, I've got a snack for you. It's called Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's got all the great stats. We always talk about all the statistics and stuff. Four grams of sugar, four grams of fat, 17 grams of protein. And I'm telling you, they taste great. I'm going to endorse a snack because it tastes amazing, not because I'm getting paid to. This is an amazing snack. They've got all the great flavors like cookies and cream. They've got chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut. But my favorite is Cherry Barcia. If you go for the fruit flavors too, they've got all kind of fruit flavors for you to check out. And lots of nut flavors. Depending on if you have a nut allergy though, they've got this amazing processing facility where no nuts go through them at all. So you don't have to worry about your allergies or anything like that. It's a lot of great nut-free bars. Check them out, Built Bar. And go to the Built Bar website at BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code Locked On. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's builtbar.com with the promo code locked on. And that's and that's the key important piece here. I'm not blaming Nick Crawl for these moves. He was told to do these moves. This was an organizational philosophy that the Reds have had coming into this offseason after a year where they were so close. It was disappointing. Whether or not they want to admit it, which I think they've kind of admitted that they were disappointed. They didn't see it as an embarrassment, as some people did. And you can certainly see it that way. Like, oh, hey, well, you made the postseason, but did you really make the postseason? Like, you made the the expanded postseason, and then you were summarily dismissed, all this other stuff. And then they take a step back further, and you see the fan graphs, projections for the position players as far as wins above replacement are concerned, and that was sobering because as a total, they have the Reds projected at 11 war from a positional standpoint. Likewise, the Cubs projected around 17-18, the Cardinals projected around 15-16, the Brewers projected around 14, something like that. So they're already fourth in the division just based on that. And that's just more of a barometer than it is something to really look hard and fast at. But it kind of sobers me because I was thinking, boy, we got a real shot here. We got a real shot not only to make it back to the playoffs, but to legitimately contend with this division because the Cubs aren't uh, the Cubs are basically doing what the Reds are doing, but on a larger scale. They're trying to cut payroll. You've got the Cardinals who, while they're not cutting payroll, they haven't added anything. And as much as we're hearing rumors about Jack Peterson and guys like that going to the Cardinals, most of the Cardinals people think that they're going to stand largely pat where they are. The Brewers might do what they did last year and make a bunch of under-the-radar moves that some hit, some miss, that sort of stuff. So the Reds still have a shot. But now they have joined the chorus of cutting payroll. And it's just so very frustrating. Well, let's, let's clarify something you just said. The Reds still have a shot. The Reds still have a shot to compete in the National League Central. 
<laughs> but there is there they have no shot when you reach the postseason and have to go up with the likes of the Los Angeles Dodgers, who yeah. uh, whose payroll is probably going to be double what the Reds' payroll is going to be by the time this is all said and done. Uh, I I think that I think it, that it's possible for the Cincinnati Reds to still be relevant in in the divisional race. I think that it's still possible for us to have some enjoyable baseball to watch in 2021. But I think if, if you want to look me in the eye and talk to me about the Reds having a world series possibility, I, I just, I really have a hard time wrapping my head around that. And if they trade Sonny Gray at any point in time in this off season, then, then they do not have a chance Nothing. in the postseason. And And I keep seeing rumors, especially, Mets fans and Mets people who cover the Mets are very uh, bullish on the idea of them trading for them. They're talking about, or whether it be Ahmed Rosario or one of their other infield prospects or something like that, and then maybe a pitching prospect as well. But the key word there is prospect. And I keep thinking, this was a point that I made about a month ago on the podcast, talking about the idea of becoming more like the Rays, more payroll efficient, but winning games, winning playoff series and things like that. The only problem with that is because that right now that's my silver lining in my mind when I look at these moves. The only problem with that silver lining is they're not going to do that in one year. So if that is the goal, if they're going to try to become more payroll efficient like the Tampa Bay Rays, it's going to take a couple years. It's probably going to take until Johnny, Johnny. It's probably going to take until Joey Votto's contract is off the books. And you also have to develop from within, which is something that they have not done yet. They've got a couple of guys that I think are ready, the way I think we'll see here soon. But even the silver lining is using that dreaded R word that you mentioned earlier. It's interesting that if we take that approach, if we look at it the way that you just looked at it and that we want the Reds to be more like the Rays, it does make the integration of multiple driveline employees make more sense. Yes. It does make the new organizational philosophy of doing things the same way from the top to the bottom at every level make more sense. But to do that, when you go out and you start trading away these more expensive pieces that we have, uh, a la Rizal Iglesias, you have to get a return. You have to bring guys back that help bolster you two and three years out. And the Rizal Iglesias trade really appears to have been nothing more than a salary dump. And unless that player to be named later is Shohei Otani, <laughs> yeah. you didn't do that. You didn't, I mean, and I, and listen, Ramirez is not a bad guy. You know, I, I don't like to use the 2020 stats. That short season stuff is just really too hard to make a read on. But if you look at Ramirez's 2019 season, you know, in the American League, a 3.99 ERA in 51 games pitched. He said he pitched 62 point, 67.2 innings. And, you know, he he did well. Strikeout per nine inning, 10.5. That's a decent reliever. I don't have a problem him coming from the bullpen. But it's definitely not a return worthy of what Rysel Iglesias is when Rysel Iglesias is on. So there there is still some separation between what they're doing 
and what it is you're saying. And I agree with you. I totally would like to see that particular developmental philosophy implemented within the Reds. Let's develop them. Let's trade them before they get expensive for more prospects that we develop and just keep replenishing the big league roster. I, I, I would totally love to see that, but they're not quite there yet. And in the meantime, we can't give away all the pieces that we do have for salary dumps and hope to be able to get to the point you're talking about. I'm with you. And the one thing about Noe Ramirez that really does excite me is the fact that he's got those three pitches. And according to Baseball Savant, at least last year, I didn't look at his 2019 splits, but at least last year he pitched almost completely equally. Like a third of the time he threw his fastball, a third of the time he threw his changeup, a third of the time he used his curveball, which means he's got full confidence in all three pitches. So if they can hone those pitches in a little bit more, which I'm sure Derek Johnson and company will because that's kind of their thing then maybe they've got something there but even then I still think well probably his ceiling as far as how good he can be is David Hernandez from 2018 not not 2019 but 2018 <laughs> David Hernandez God, I hope not yeah no not t- 2019 then why did we even go for this guy but uh, it does put the onus on Derek Johnson and the driveline guys like Eric Jagers and Kyle Bodie now like look you've got to take what the team has which they flipped basically let's look at it this way they flipped Rysel Iglesias and uh, Archie Bradley into Noe Ramirez and Jeff Hoffman Two guys that were nobody's looking at, and now that's kind of the part of it. If, if you're going to get a undervalued quantity and turn it into something good, then that's nice. But at the same time, it's just there. There seems to be a disconnect there when I'm looking at it. And uh, you know what? We're going to continue this conversation tomorrow. More ups and downs about the offseason. We're going to look at some positive things about the Reds. Trust me, I know we've been real these last couple of days. I want to make it a little bit positive. And Steve will be back with us as well. What's been going on with the Reds Alert podcast here recently? Well, you know, the offseason, I tend to operate a little bit differently than than yourself and pretty much everybody else. You know, um, Chad guys go every week. You go every day. Uh, I know Coop over at Hunt for Reds kind of tries to go mostly every week. So, you know, I take a different approach, which is I just sit back and I wait for things to happen that kind of spark my interest and I put out an episode. So today, uh, being December 9th, today Major League Baseball announced that uh, they had extended offers to the minor league baseball franchises that they wished to keep around. So uh, Doug Gray stopped by from RedsMinorLeagues.com, and we recorded a pretty lengthy interview where we talk about not only the minor leagues and the impacts of what is happening with minor league baseball. We spent a lot of time covering that. And then we got into these transactions that you and I have just talked about with the major league club as far as the non-tenders from the Reds and the trade of Rysel Iglesias. And uh, we spent quite a bit of time talking about all those things. So that uh, episode is out now. You can find that pretty much anywhere podcasts are available. I encourage everybody to go subscribe, download that one and uh, give it a listen because Doug, you know, Doug is a wealth of information, especially when you're talking about minor league baseball. So I was real fortunate to be able to uh, have him jump on board today with all of the minor league baseball news and really break it down for us. Well, that is uh, you definitely go check out the Reds Alert podcast. You can follow them on Twitter at Reds Alert pod as well. And then follow Steve at S. Offenbaker 
on Twitter. He's got lots of good takes and stuff like that on the Twitter about Reds baseball as well. We're going to continue this conversation tomorrow. Let's go, Rex. Hey. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.